For what do I have if I don't have you, Jesus? What in this life could mean anymore? You are my rock. You are my glory. Hi, and welcome to The Rock Podcast. On the Sunday following this year's emotionally charged presidential election, Pastor Ross made some brief, encouraging pre-sermon remarks that exhorted Christians regarding our obligations and attitudes concerning our elected leaders and God's expectation for us. Now I want to talk to you about the recent turn of events. Now, we do have a new president-elect Trump, and let me talk to you about this, all right? Uh, I uh, am not politically inclined uh, from the pulpit. This is a Bible-teaching church. It's my opinion as a pastor that when you come here, you're coming here to worship God and learn the Word of God, and that's where we keep it. You know, we just don't talk politics. Unless it comes up in the scriptures, then we talk about it because we go verse by verse through the Bible. That's our purpose. So I don't ever recommend uh, who somebody should vote for. That's up to the person, right? And we talked about some principles last week. Well, whoever was going to win the election, I had already prepared what God expects from his people uh, no matter who's sitting in the Oval Office. And so I, while I don't tell anybody who to vote for, I can certainly teach you from the word how we are to respond. Number one, there's only five, in case you think there's 20. You know, I know. <laughs> God expects his people to submit to governing authorities. And this is pretty easy. I got this straight from Romans 13.1. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God, and so God takes credit for implementing the authority structures in life, and he says to resist those structures is to resist God himself. So God expects, number one, his people, whoever they are, but if they legislate a law, that is a contrary to God's laws, then we obey God. Uh, but for the most part, I, I don't know that that's a problem yet uh, in this country. Number two, God expects his people to show respect for those in positions of authority, no matter who they are. This was written when Nero was on the throne. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, or to governors, or to presidents. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God, and honor the emperor. So whoever's in the Oval Office, whether we like them, agree with them, voted for them or not, God commands his people. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to those who are connected to him and represent him in this world uh, to have a good, respectful honor-like uh, attitude toward the office and the person in the office. Yeah. Yes. One more time. Yeah. Wow. Let that go deep. Number three. God expects his people to pray for the leaders. 
there are lots of things you could do with leaders. You can talk about them. You can blog about them. You can post stuff about them. But God says, you know what I'd like you to do? I'd like you to pray for them. So I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and all those in authority. That would be a president. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. All right, so, you know, pray. Pray for your leaders. Pray for the new president. Pray for the government. Pray for his protection. He's asking you to. Number four, God expects his people to put their trust in him. So, uh, Our hope is not in a leader or a president or a king. Our hope is beyond them. There is a king of kings, and he takes credit for establishing who's in office. He says, through Daniel the prophet, he says, then Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. So apparently, God did something that shocked the entire world. They're still spinning because it was an impossibility. But God voted. God established. He removed one person, and he put in another person. That's what the scriptures say, to work his good will. Whether or not they know him or don't know him, whether they're moral or immoral, God is working, and he is ultimately the one calling the shots. And he says, my people, look past the Oval Office to the throne room of heaven and find your hope there. Last point, God expects his people to strive for unity. So in the church, there's nothing more important or more commanded than the call to make our remarks and our lives peaceable, for unity and love in the fellowship. So he says, make every effort. That's a big word, every. (laughs) To keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. That means whether I like the person, whether I don't like the person, whether I voted for the person or I didn't, whether I'm a Democrat, Republican, or a Martian. um, (laughs) That means that I weigh my words in light of Will this cause a division? Will this cause controversy? Will this cause an upset? It is a sin to divide the body of Christ by unguarded comments. It's a sin to throw out words that are inflammatory and spin other people and divide them. That's called a sin, and God detests it. He says, my people will be known by love. And they will guard their opinions and speak sensitively and things that bring peace. And they will have enough wisdom to know when the Facebook post comes dangling in front of their computer with a little worm going like, come on, come on, you want, come on, you know you want to, you know you want to, and you get your fingers going. You know, God says, stop and think what will bring peace. What will bring honor to Christ and togetherness with other believers? Amen? Amen. Now, if you do that, God's all good, and you'll be blessed. So let's put one of those 
commands into practice by bowing our hearts and asking God to bless President-elect Trump. Now, Heavenly Father, you certainly have had your hand in the affairs of this week. And now all hell is breaking loose on the planet. And we pray, Father, for protection for the president that you have allowed to take a position of authority to govern, to be a, the, the world's most powerful leader of the free world. We pray that not only will he have secret service guards, that there would be angelic protection as well, Lord, and that you would protect his life, that you would lead him and let him hear the gospel. He sounds open to it. We pray, Father, that you would convict him of his sins and open his heart to, to receive Christ as Lord. We pray for the success of President-elect Trump and the vice president as well who, who knows you. We have so much to hope for, so much to be thankful for. Father, we just pray that you would help the body of Christ to come together, to lay down our differences and talk about Jesus instead of politics. In Christ's name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You have been listening to The Rock Podcast. Our regular services are held on Wednesday nights at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at calvarytherock.org.